The powers of heaven and hell are getting suspicious. We meet the last of the two horsemen. Newt and Anathema reach for each other, wink, wink, and Adam starts changing the world. It's the Good Omens After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, AfterBuzzers! We about to get our buzz on. Yes, 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 guys. I am Nikki Bailey. I'm your host this evening. My usual partner in Good Omens Crime, Terry Davis, is out on assignment tonight. So it's just me and just you, and we are about to go in. So much happened in this episode, you all, that I I don't even know how we're going to do it all in 40 minutes. I mean, we are going to talk about... We're going to talk about the fact that Atlantis, Atlantis has risen from the ocean. We're going to talk about Shadwell, and maybe he somehow banished Crowley or no, Azzy, I don't know. We're going to talk about archangels. We're going to talk about the demons who are hunting for our angel and our and our and our demon and we're just going to have a good old time. So, here's what I need to do first, guys. Let me just tell you, last episode, Cherry and I asked you guys, what is our shipping name for Crowley and Aziraphale, Aziraphale. I'm going to say his name right one day, Aziraphale. What's our ship name for them? You know, like a Brangelina kind of thing. And we got the greatest suggestion from Jackie Martin. In our in our comments on YouTube, Jackie Martin suggested Croziraphale. Croziraphale. That is our shipping name for our angel and our demon, and we are sticking to it. Croziraphale forever. Hashtag. Uh-uh. Anyway, so this episode starts off with like a seemingly innocent, you know, ship on the sea that somehow discovers Atlantis, which no one thought existed. Uh, but how did it get there? I don't know. It seems like, here's what we do know, that Adam, as he was falling asleep at the end of the episode three, so this is episode four, which is called... Uh, it's called Saturday Morning Fun Time because it's Saturday. It is the last day of Earth. I don't know why Earth has to end on a Saturday, which is like the best day of of any day of the week. But that's how Armageddon is set up. It's meant to, to end on Saturday. And so Adam, last episode, remember he's falling asleep. And as he's falling asleep, he's hearing voices. The voices are saying to him, make it happen. Make it happen. Make it real. So anything that Adam thinks is real or believes to be true is now showing up in the world. So Atlantis, which Adam believes to be true because he got those awesome occult magazines from Anathema last episode. He's been reading up on Atlantis and some other stuff, and now those things are happening crazy because this 11-year-old boy is powerful, y'all, powerful. So this episode, early on, we get to see the summoner who is, remember the message delivery guy who's sending, who's bringing packages to the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Well, in this episode, we get to see that he's got a wife and her name is Maud. Lovely, lovely woman Maud is. Wears a beautiful, like, peach-colored negligee to bed. Maud and the summoner have just been finished having marital relations. He has to go back out and deliver two more messages. He's got one to deliver to 
uh, pollution and one to deliver to death. And, you know, he loves his wife, but when he's done with this, he gets to come home, but he doesn't. Guys, would you do a job where your next assignment requires you to die to deliver a message? No, no fies, as my friends in Brazil would say, no fies. We're not doing that. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. But the summoner, dutiful dude. He's there for it. He's got he's got his gig. He knows what he's got to get done. So, guys, I wanted to tell you, I'm by myself today, so I'm checking on the chat and uh, and just seeing what you guys are saying. It's kind of hard for me to do both, but uh, I just wanted to let you know that keep chatting, and I will definitely check it in check in on you from time to time. So, summoner, he goes out. I'll tell. We'll get back to that in a minute. But we do find out that heaven and hell are starting to get suspicious. And we know this because the archangel Michael goes to Gabriel and says, something is not right. I do not trust Aziraphale. Something's going on. And so I went back and, and looked through all of his centuries on earth. And here comes the angel Michael with pictures of Crowley and Azzy together throughout history. And she's like, you know what? This isn't right. But, you know, Gabriel is all like, no, everything's going according to plan. Nothing can happen. Let me just pause for a second and ask you guys. When you saw John Hamm running in the park in his gray suits as the angel Gabriel, did you have a moment? I had a moment. I got a little flushed, I'm not going to lie, because John Hamm is delicious and well he was wearing sweatpants and that's all I'm going to say about it but we're going to go back to the fact that now the Archangel Michael is suspicious so she decides to make a phone call she wants to go and do some extra research through back channels now back channels apparently in the heaven and hell world is that you you have a really awesome like cell phone made of I'm saying like angel glass, maybe. I don't know. And they, so she calls and who does she get on the phone? But Haster and Ligur, the demons that had been chasing and giving Crowley a hard time. And she says, I think you guys might have a leak. You guys might have a problem down there because I know we have a problem up here. We need to do some investigation. We need to find out what's going on. She puts them on, on Crowley. Fast forward to Crowley sitting in his apartment trying to figure out how to get out of Armageddon, right? Like, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know yet that that as if Aziraphale, as, that Azzy, I'm just going to not say his name, that Azzy, <laughs> Aziraphale, he doesn't know that Azzy has figured out where the Antichrist is yet. So he's trying to figure out, how do I get off planet? This planet is going to die. How do I get out? He starts looking through a book of the solar system, looking for some options, and he realizes that you know what? There's nowhere to go. He's got to go find his boy Crowley. He's got to go find his boy Azzy. Um, But Crowley in this beautiful moment, did you guys check this moment where Crowley looks to heaven and says, you're testing them too much. You're testing them unto destruction. And it was such a beautiful moment. I, you know, like, here's the thing that's so awesome about this show, right? You've got 
an angel and a demon, neither of whom is 100% on board with being 100% angelic or 100% demonic. They're actually just, you know, creatures like us trying to get through, and they've got some powers, and they've got some responsibilities, but they love the planet. They like human beings. They don't want anybody to die. And Crowley, in this really beautiful moment, speaks to God. And the spiritual sort of prayerful person in me was like, oh, my God, a demon just prayed. And it looks beautiful. And I loved it. But it doesn't work because... Because Crowley realizes that the war has to happen. So he has to go out and find, you know, he has to go out and find a way to figure out how to stop Armageddon. So meanwhile, the summoner goes to find Pollution. And I loved the casting of Pollution. So Pollution is cast as a, a, a person of Asian descent, whom they refer to as a they. They don't use gender-specific pronouns, which I also loved. And, you know, they are sitting by a, a, a river watching all of the pollution and waste go down the river, talking about how beautiful it was. And the seminar comes, and we find out that Pollution actually is kind of new to the job as this fourth horseman of the apocalypse because before pollution it was pestilence. But then, you know, because we've got penicillin and stuff, we don't have pestilence in the way that we used to. So pollution has taken over. And pollution's name is Chalky. You have to love it. I mean, they're just they're just going for it with all with the silliness. But but Chalky takes credit for creating plastics and toxic plant food and the things that are kind of ruining our environment. So, you know, Summoner, being a friendly guy, delivers his package. Then he goes back to his car, realizes he has another package to deliver. He reads the message and then writes his wife a note and goes out to cross the street and, and thinks that he just happens to miss getting hit by a truck, a lorry as they call them in England, but he does get hit by the truck so that he can deliver the message to death that it's time. And the message was, come and see. And death is, of course, super happy about that because he's the final of the four horsemen, the four horsemen, and, and come and see is a call to action for him. So now we've got, we're back in London, and I feel like I'm like recapping too much, but there's so much to talk about. So Shadwell is, like, totally, you know, convinced that there are that there are witches out there. Newt wants to go to Tadfield to, you know, check out these weird weather phenomenon. And Shadwell also got a tip from, uh, from someone, from Crowley. Was it Crowley? Or no, from Azzy. He got a tip from Azzy to send somebody out there. So he sends young Newt with all of the tools he'll need to keep an eye on young Adam, uh, Adam Young over in, in Tadfield. He sends him with a pendulum of discovery, thumbscrew, fire lighters, bell, hook, candle, and, and the pin, the most important pin, the bayonet in his army of light. And he says, may the, may the armies of, of, of glory march beside you. So here's my question. Shadwell has said all of this time that he is a witch hunt, a witch finder, but has has Shadwell ever like done anything or or like gone after a witch or or taken a witch down? I don't think so. But he's all too willing to send poor Newt out there to the countryside in his trash car, which in the book they call the car. A, I think it's called a wasabi. <laughs> 
it's a three-wheeled sedan. Did you guys notice it only has three wheels, right? And so uh, so Adam goes out, not Adam, so Newt goes out and to Tadfield and on the way meets aliens. So the aliens have a message. Now here's the thing, right? We know that anything Adam believes to be true is now actually real. And Adam had just read some magazines about aliens, and the aliens had friendly messages. And he was telling them, his homies, you know, like his little friends, he's saying to them, hey, like, no, the aliens used to come with messages of destruction, but now they come with, like, friendly messages about peace and things like that. And so that's who shows up, because Adam thought it, and it appeared. And so aliens show up, and they pull over Newt. And uh, I love that the aliens were kind of like intergalactic cops. They pulled him over, and they're like, yeah, you kind of let Jurassic Rain get a little uh, out of hand down here, haven't you? You know, your your ozone's a little, uh, a little too much. I thought that was hilarious. And the alien has the face of a frog. And the only message that the alien has to offer is... Uh, the message is of universal peace, cosmic harmony, and such like, which I love. Such like. So Newt's not sure what to make about that. He goes on a little further, and he sees people coming out of the ground, gets in a car accident. Again, we know that Adam can make real anything that he believes to be true. The people coming out of the ground are the Tibetans who have been tunneling underground from Tibet all around the world because Adam read this in one of his occult magazines that Anathema gave him. So the Tibetan people who <laughs> we got to see them underground talking about how like they were just minding their business at work one day and suddenly they were underground digging. Weird things happen. I don't know. I wonder if we could, you know, we could say weird things happen like you know, maybe maybe there's an Adam in our world who's sort of imagining things and, and those things are being made real. Um, I swear, yesterday there was a raven on my front lawn and it made eye contact. And let me tell you, it was ominous. So uh, maybe. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm going to check over in the chat, see if anything good is being said. Oh, it was so sad. Gigi Connolly, when the summoner wrote, wrote, wrote that note to his wife... Uh, and yes, Aziraphale got caught cheating with those pictures. So basically, Aziraphale got caught, you know, red-handed hanging out with with Crowley, which is like a huge, huge no-no. So the kids, you know, they're talking about all the things that Adam's been reading, and Wensleydale who's my favorite of the them, Wensleydale says that he thinks that we should save the whales because the whales are dying, and Adam agrees. And, of course, that means that the ocean deepens and the kraken awakens because that's how you save the whales is the kraken goes after whaling ships. And that's on the news. And the voice of God says that as the kraken was sweeping down on these whaling ships, a million sushi dinners cried out in vengeance. I love this show, and I love the book. I'm like, what? who writes that stuff, Neil Gaiman? Come on! That's awesome! So, <laughs> but again, everything that Wesley believes is true is now real. And so that's why we now have the Kraken, who was really great. Like, the Kraken had a face. I think I was expecting more of an octopus 
kraken, like more along the lines of like a giant octopus with huge tentacles. I don't know. I just made that up in my head. So back in hell, Ligur and Haster determine that they need to get proof that Crowley isn't doing the right thing. And so they go out looking and looking for proof. So Haster ends up in Megiddo, Megiddo, which is where they say that the apocalypse is supposed to happen. And he gets there only to find out that the kid who was they thought was the Antichrist is just like some little snot-nosed brat who says that Hastur smells like poo. And he's like, wait a minute, there's no dog. These people have no idea what's going on. This kid has no sense of evil around him at all. This is not the Antichrist. And now Hastur is mad, and he is going after Crowley. Crowley... Apparently invented selfies. We find that out in Megiddo, um, <laughs> which is awesome. The devil, the, the devil, not the devil, a demon invented selfies, which you got to love. Guys, we love you. Did I mention that already? We wanted to let you know before we moved on to the next topic that we love that you guys watch us. We love that you participate in what we do here. And we want to say thank you. It's so awesome that you join us for our after shows, that you communicate with us in the chats and in the comments. And we want to just, you know, continue doing it. And to continue doing what we do here at AfterBuzz, to continue being the ESPN of television talk, We need you guys to subscribe to our channels. We need you to give us a five-star rating on YouTube. We We need you guys to leave us comments and let us know that you're watching. And that allows us to keep doing what we're doing. So being part of AfterBuzz is so much fun for me. I get to watch television and then talk about it on internet television. How awesome is my life? Yes, it's so much fun. I love this work. So thank you so much for supporting us and 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 letting us do what we love. So Newt. Finally, Newt gets to he gets to Tadfield, but he has an accident because he sees these Tibetan monks, these Tibetan people coming out of the ground. His car flips over and the them saves him. And they take him to Anathema's cottage. Now, Anathema, here's what I loved about this moment. So the book was written before, like, you know, cell phones and everything became what they are now, right? And so I love that Anathema got a got a notification on her phone that a prophecy was about to happen. Like, so her family's been cross-referencing all of the prophecies in Agnes Butter, uh, Agnes Nutter's nice and accurate prophecies for centuries. And so she has all of the prophecies in her phone and she gets an alert that the prophecy about Newt is about to happen. And she's ready for it. She's got her first aid kit out. She knows that he's coming. And when he arrives, she just hands him the card prophesying his arrival to explain it all. It doesn't really, but she breaks it down for him. Here's the thing. Are we shipping Newt and Anathema? Like, do we really think there's anything there? I mean, at this point, Newt's kind of a dork, which for me is a mad turn on because I love a good geeky guy. But Anathema's kind of hot. Like, she doesn't, like, I don't know, maybe, look, hot girls like geeks. It's true. I'm going to say I'm a hot girl. 
Thank you. And I like geeks, so why shouldn't Anathema and Newt like each other? But she, you know, in the book, when when she's waiting for him to come, she's hoping that he's like this tall, dark, handsome, like answer to her prayers. And when he arrives, she kind of gives him a once-over, and he's he's okay, I guess, right? But what he's not prepared to hear is that the end of the world is about to happen in exactly five hours and 48 minutes. So Anathema has a lot to get through to him. She has a lot to explain to him. And she she takes his matches because, you know, he comes from a long line of... He comes from a long line of witch finders. She takes his matches just in case he should get in his mind to, you know, burn her alive as his ancestors had. So she tries to explain the whole, you know, professional descendants that her family are. And as she's explaining, you know, Newt goes, wow, you know, now that I think about it, she says the word hogback and it makes it makes him remember, oh, right, I'm here to deal with to go visit a hogback. It's it's the address. It's Adam's address. And so Adam so Newt makes the connection between the prophecy and the the real life kid, the real life thing that's happening. And so now Anathema and Newt know that Adam is the Antichrist. And she can't believe it because he's such a nice kid. And he is a nice kid, right? So you see that Newt, um, that I'm sorry, that Adam is raised by these loving parents. And you also got to see, which I love that we got to see Warlock in um, Medigo because Megado, because I always wondered reading the book, like whatever happened to Warlock? Like, was he like, you know, who does he become? And obviously he's not a great kid because a great kid wouldn't tell a perfect stranger that they smell like poo, right? He's kind of a brat. So we see that Adam's getting raised by parents who are treating him you know, like, you know, giving him love. And Adam, all he wants to do is make the world better to the point where he he realizes that he can make the world better and he wants his friends to go with him. But his friends are starting to get nervous. So did you guys check? Did you guys clock when, you know, Pepper and, and Wensleydale and Brian are like, wait, isn't he different? He's strange. And they didn't understand it. They're trying to go home for lunch. Adam cuts them off and says, you're not allowed to go home. You have to stay with me. And the kids are starting to be afraid of him Um, because Adam's kind of getting some of that weird, like, Damien Omen type stuff going on. I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, do you feel like – I really like that this kid is being played so sweet. I also feel like I would like him to be a little – a little scarier. You know, like, I guess the kids are a little afraid because, you know, this kid's making demands on him, but on them. But I really, I really feel like, like, I wish Adam was a tiny bit scarier because, because then I feel like I would feel a little more of the, the, the fear that the kids are feeling. But I don't know. It, it kind of works. He's a sweet kid and I guess he's not supposed to be evil, but it would just make it easier to believe that he's the Antichrist for me. I don't know. That's just my own take on it. So 
Crowley, in the meantime, is freaking out because he knows now that Hester and Lagor are after him. They find him. He makes a mad escape back to his apartment where he finds, he brings out, remember he asked for holy water from, um, from Azzy a few episodes back? Well, he sets up his holy water in a bucket above the door so it falls on Lagor when he comes in, which totally pisses off Hester because Hester's like, dude! Holy water? Really? Even, like, demons even have a code, okay? And and to use holy water to completely obliterate another demon is just wrong. And they have this, like, mad chase through the phone lines, which I also loved because it's it's digital, right? And he they go through a digital phone line, but Crowley was smart, called himself, where he has an old analog answering machine with a tape in it. And so he ends up trapping Haster in the tape, which was just genius, except that Azzy had called him and left a message saying that he knew where the Antichrist was. So I don't know, is, 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 is Haster going to be able to find the Antichrist because of that message? Because he could hear it. I don't know. It's very, very strange. I'm looking forward to seeing how that all goes down. So Crowley leaves there and he goes to find Azzy because that's his boy. You know, he want to stop him from getting in trouble because they've now been caught right they've been caught they know they're about to get in trouble um uh they know they're about to get in trouble and so so crowley goes to azzy and azzy's like dude like i'm like i'm gonna go through the proper channels i'm not gonna run away with you in that moment did you guys not let your heart like break a little bit when when Azzy was like, no, go. And Crowley was like, but we can go away together. Oh! What, what was the shipping name that we said? Crozier, Crozier Pharrell? I can't say it. Crozierafell. Crozierafell. Crozierafell, like, had a moment there where, like, they wanted to be together. And Crowley, and, and Crowley was like, come with me. Let's save ourselves. We can be together forever. And Azzy's like, no, we have to do the right thing. We have to do the right thing. And uh, Azzy, the whole thing with how many, how many angels or demons does it take to, to dance on a pin, um, I'm not actually going to go into that except to say that did Azzy dance that gavotte or what? I mean, he was in it. And Demons Dance to Disco, which I don't understand why people are hating on disco. I love disco. Donna Summer, what? Love her. Anyway, Haster stuck in the answer machine. Azzy uh, is, is, you know, out trying to figure out what to do next, but he gets caught on the street by Sandalphone, Michael, and Uriel. And Uriel, who is the angel of wisdom, says to Azzy, you think too much. Because they're like, you're overthinking this whole war thing. And, and Azzy, Azzy goes through the trouble of creating, um, creating like sigils and symbols on the floor so that he can open a channel to heaven. Because he tells the three of them, look, I'm going to go to a higher authority on this. I'm going all the way to the top, to the G.O.D. I'm going there. And he opens a portal to talk to heaven. He doesn't get directly to God. He gets the Metatron. But the Metatron says to him, look, we want this war to happen. 
And that, I think, was really shocking to Azzy. Like, I think he felt like there's no way that heaven would want a war if it could be avoided. Because as an angel, right, like, wouldn't he want to avoid the death and destruction that comes with war? Wouldn't we all be against that if in heaven? But no, they need the, but the Metatron says, no, we need this war. We need to, we need to have the war so that we can win the war and good can triumph over evil for all time. So, you know, come back up to heaven and let's like, you know, let's make this thing happen. And then as he knows, he can't, you know, he, he has to do something. He has to, he has to figure out how to stop this so that the world doesn't, you know, doesn't fall apart. Except that while he's trying to figure that out, Shadwell comes out looking for him because he realized that he sent Newt to possibly certain destruction out going to Tad- to Tadfield as a witchfinder by himself. He wasn't prepared. So Shadwell is really nervous about that. He goes looking to Azzy to get some money so that he can get out to Tadfield to save poor Newt, but instead stumbles upon, you know, Crow- uh, Azzy having his conversation with the Metatron and he thinks that he banishes Crowley, but what he actually does, not Crowley, he thinks that he banishes Azzy, but what he actually does is he backs Azzy into that sigil thing on the floor and Azzy gets sucked up to heaven. <gasps> Guys, Azzy can't do anything now. He's in heaven. What's he going to do? He's been sucked back up to heaven. Crowley's the only one of them down on earth now. He does, like, how, like what's he going to do? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Guys, I'm going to press pause for a second so we can do our special segment. We're going to talk about angels, demons, and definitions. And today, because we had a little bell, because if you'll remember from It's a Wonderful Life, every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets his wings. So we're going to talk about some of our winged creatures. We're going to talk about the angel, the Archangel Michael. The Archangel Michael is uh, described as the protector of Israel. So... uh, he is uh, the archangel that defeats Satan, and he is the one who throws Satan to earth with all the fallen angels um, so that he, you know, is out of heaven. Uh, St. Michael, the archangel, is said to be sort of like the, the warrior angel. So you see in these pictures that this is an angel who goes to battle, okay? To the point where there's actually a prayer for the saint, for Saint Michael the Archangel, it says, um, "Defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls." Amen. Hallelujah. We love some Archangel Michael, except that in this show, the Archangel Michael is a snitch. Okay. Snitches get stitches, Michael. We do not snitch on fellow angels. And Aziraphale is doing his job, and you're up there snitching to Gabriel? Dude, were you guys like, ew? Were you totally like, ew on that? I was. I mean, ugh. Uh, Billie Jean. <laughs> I just looked at the chat. Billie Jean, Billie Jean Girl 24 talked about how Hastur, that demon, screamed like a girl. He sure did. He was too upset about that. Um, and then Alec Henning, yeah, that that uh, Azzy is too good for his own good. So good points all around. So where were we? We're back. Uh, we're back in Tadfield and... Newt and Anathema try to go out to find Adam. 
But when they get outside, there's a, a tornado. So they have to go back inside and they hide under the bed. And Newt starts to regret all the things he hasn't done yet in life. I've never done this, that, or the other thing. I've never kissed a girl. And then he and Anathema, you know, wink, wink. They do, they do stuff. They do stuff. <laughs> they do stuff while uh, poor Shadwell is wondering what horrible things have 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 happened to Newt in Tad Tadfield. He's been sent out there. He's probably being tortured to death, but he's not. He's being sexed. He's having the sex with Anathema, which was all prophesied prophesied by Agnes, and so. Had to happen. So I think that that's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with the two of them. But they start having sex under the bed, which is not a place I've ever heard anyone doing it before, but great. And so while they're doing that, Adam has now, he's got his friends together, and he basically says, like, we're going to change everything. We're going to, like, destroy the world and start all over because the grown-ups have ruined it for us. And we're going to grow up to a world that's just full of nuclear waste and and pollution. We're not going to have any of the good stuff. So we're just going to wipe it away. And he says to his friends, like, you can each have your own section of the world. Like, we don't even have to have adults anymore. We don't have to go to school. We don't have to do anything we don't want to do. And the kids, the kids are like, dude, Adam – like, we don't want to do this. Like, we don't want to go with you. We, we want our moms and dads. We don't, we don't want you to remake the world. And Adam is like, no, this is for your own good. I'm going to remake the world. I'll make you new moms and dads. I'll make all kinds of people that we can use as soldiers and we can play war with real people. And the kids are like, dude, nobody wants this. You're freaking us out. And Adam tells them to be quiet and takes their mouths away. And then he levitates. I have had a friend levitate in front of me before. We're not friends anymore. I'm not doing it. I can't be friends with people who can float. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I don't make friends with demons. I don't make friends with Antichrist. I might have a few angelic friends, but they keep that stuff on the DL. I cannot be involved with supernatural friends. I'm sorry. So Adam has completely... Adam has completely, you know gone off the deep end here and and we're remembering everything that he thinks is real becomes real and so he's out there making all kinds of stuff happen so now we've got the nuclear waste has all disappeared there are storms happening all over and adam says wouldn't it be great if there were just like a bunch of nuclear bombs that like made the world end so that we can start all over and i love that pepper says to him Pepper is like, um, as a mother to future generations, I disagree with this plan. Can we just give Pepper a round of applause, please? Pepper, standing up to Adam, um, who wants to start the world over. Ah! Too much. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be good. So the last thing we see is that... Uh, as he's been sucked into heaven and his shop is on fire. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. 
I mean, I do because I read the book, but I'm not going to say. Uh, Billy Jean said, Adam has gone to the dark side. You can say it. He has gone to the dark side. I'm wondering, though, is he truly dark or is he maybe... Because he, here's the thing. He still has really altruistic goals. His whole goal is to destroy the world because it's already screwed up. So if we destroy it and make a new one that's better and works nicer, like it's an altruistic goal. Like he really wants to be doing something good, but he's an 11-year-old boy and has no idea how to do that and the complexity of the earth and the world. So to him, scratch it all, start over. No problem, right? I don't know. What do you think? Do you guys think – do you guys think that um, – I lost my train of thought. Do you guys Do you guys think that Adam's really dark or is he just an unknowledgeable kid? Like he's an ignorant kid who doesn't know about how to make the world better. He doesn't understand the complexities there. So uh, Alec Henning, you said Pepper is my favorite uh, and uh, – among the kids. I, I like Pepper a lot. Wensley Dale is my favorite. And I think it's because he's the geek in the group. And like I told you earlier, I have a love for all things geeky. So, so guys, what do you think is going to happen next? What do you think should have been different in this episode? So for me, like I said, I wish that someone said it earlier in the chat that they wish that, that they had started the turn of Adam a little sooner. Um, so, oh, and then someone responded saying that Adam started to change as soon as he looked at the picture of the devil. Yeah, maybe that was like a trigger for him. Like maybe it triggered something in the rest of his mind that that awakened some power for him. I'm wondering if that that does seem very likely. Who is that who said that? Billy Jean? Adam, yeah, Billy Jean, I agree with you that that's exactly what happened. Um let's see. Any other comments I want to make sure we talk about? So anyway, guys, I wish that they had started the Adam turn a little a little earlier. I am looking forward to seeing what Anathema and Newt do to try to stop the Antichrist, to try to stop Adam. I'm looking forward to what Adam tries to accomplish and how and what else he believes to be real that he then creates in the world. And I'm trying to figure out how Azzy is going to get back down to Earth from Heaven if Heaven's already very well aware of the fact that, you know, that he's been doing, you know, like like having relations or not relations. I mean, it sounds sexual because we want it to be. But that <laughs> Azzy and Crowley have been having a friendship all these all these, you know, centuries so, and I agree with you, Billy Jean. Crowley, Crowley is going to be so devastated when he finds out that his best friend slash lover is gone. And I know some of you guys are not shipping um, Crozirafel, but Crozirafel, but those of us who are, you're right. He is going to be so upset. And Gigi Connolly, you're right. He's going to be oh so very angry. And it'll be interesting, you know, to see. Because you're right. This is the last thing that Crowley cares about is is Azzy, right? So, like, he could have left. Azzy, you know, Crowley could have just left the planet, but he came to get Azzy first. So, uh, Crowley with nothing to lose. Yeah, Gigi, I don't know. Cannot wait to find out. So we are going to be talking about the final two episodes of Good Omens on Sunday. We're going to be going live on Sunday, I think, at 3 p.m. We're going to do two episodes back-to-back. 
and talk about both of them on Sunday. Cherry will be back on Sunday. Cannot wait to get to the end of the show and see what else happens. The show is being done so beautifully. Thank you to everybody at Good Omens. Thank you for Neil Neil Gaiman just loving the script to life, and we love it. We're so grateful. We will be back here on Sunday at 3 p.m., so make sure you uh, subscribe so that you can get a notification when we're ready to go live. I am Nikki Bailey. You can find me on the social medias at Nikki Bailey underscore, and you can find me on my website at NikkiBaileyComedy.com. Guys, I will see you on Sunday. Keep it buzzing after buzzers. Buzz you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 